welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. It is so good to see you at our 9am service here at Highway Church. On behalf of our senior pastors, Pastor Byron and Grain, who are currently ministering in the beautiful place, New Zealand, um, it, they, are, they send their love. I know they're probably watching right now, but let's be praying for them in this season as they're ministering to the church in New Zealand. Let's get behind them and believe for a move of God. Amen. My name is Dan, if I don't know you, and it's a great honor and privilege to be opening up the Word. I pray this speaks to you today. Don't listen for my voice, listen for God's voice in it. And um, make sure, I, I would say, let's lean in with an expectation. I always say this because I think sometimes we can get used to church, we can get used to hearing the Word, we can get used to being in an environment of faith, but I think there's something that happens when people actually lean in and reach out. In a, in a moment like this. Um, the Word of God is a double-edged sword. It's t- useful for teaching, rebuking, and training in righteousness. The Word of God is alive and breathing. This book is the only book that reads you as you read it. It's the only book that prophesies into your circumstance and situations as you see fit. It's the only book that you can read the same stories time and time and time again, and yet it speaks to you time and time and time again. And so when we open up the Word, we can have confidence that God is going to speak. We can have confidence that whatever we need in the room today, God can whisper in a moment the very thing, the very direction, the very thing that you've come leaning in for. God in one moment can answer that prayer. God in one moment can give you the word that you can stand and build your life upon for this next season. In one moment, God can do that. Man can't, but God can. I can't, but God can. Nothing else, the lights can't, the LED can't, the building can't, but God can. I want to encourage you. Let's, let's come to the Word in faith this morning. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and tell them you're being unreasonable. <laughs> Online, tell them you're being unreasonable. Some of you were too scared to say that to the person sitting next to you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, why not? Turn to the other person and tell them they're being unreasonable too. We don't want to be unkind. Some of you are like, I don't know if I want to say that right now. Some of you meant it. You know, does anybody know any people in the room who are unreasonable? Don't look at them right now. (laughs) You can talk about that after the service. (laughs) Go see Pastor Caleb. He'll help you through. (laughs) Do you ever feel as if you find yourself in an unreasonable situation? Is it just me? You find yourself in unreasonable circumstances, unreasonable problems, unreasonable reports, unreasonable seasons in life? Have you ever felt like you're coming to the end of yourself and then something else happens just when you're starting to get through the last thing that came? Anybody ever felt like that? Like, it just seems like there's a season where there's problems and pressure and pain and those seasons that seem unreasonable. And um, I remember growing up, my sister Sarah, she wanted to be a personal trainer growing up. She thought, remember Biggest Loser? She thought she was Michelle Bridges from The Biggest Loser. And I was the biggest person in her life at that stage. Maybe I need to go back to her. But she wanted to personal train me for a season growing up. I remember we're both about, she was probably, I know, 9, 10. I was about 13. And Sarah one day comes to me. She's like, I want to be your personal trainer. And I was stupid enough to say yes. 
Now, you don't trust a nine or 10 year old when it comes to personal training because they have no clue about human capabilities and what's actually possible. Like you think your personal trainer's hard, you should go see my sister, Sarah. She is, a, she is brutal. I remember I agreed to her and literally the morning after I agreed to her, she shows up in my room, her shoes are on her feet. It's like 5 a.m. in the morning. She's got a whistle around her neck. She is ready to train me back to health, people. She is ready to bring something. She's ready to take me from my state and place me into a whole new state through hard work. And I thought, my goodness, this is gonna be, this is gonna be a tough day. She got me up and she started making me run laps around, the, uh, laps around our neighborhood. I am running. Now, back then I was quite, I was before my growth spurt. And so I was, I was, pretty unfit. And um, I, remember, I remember the feeling of like, oh my goodness, she's going to kill me. My sister is going to kill me. Do another lap. Do another lap. Do another lap. Do an- Don't you look at me like, you go do another lap. I want you to sprint. Don't you jog. You sprint the whole time. And she is literally like driving me to the ground. So then we get, she's like, you're going get, to get on the trampoline. Because we had a trampoline. All, you know, we all do. And um, I was doing these backs on this trampoline. She's like, you give me 500 backs. And I'm like, it's not possible to do that. She's like, you do it now. So I'm doing these backs. I'm getting sunburned. I'm too white to be on that trampoline for that long a time in the middle of summer. So my, my face is red. My body is red. I am feeling it. And then I'm like, after hours and hours and hours of me going, this, she is unreasonable. She does not understand my capabilities. She is pushing me too far. Every time I wanted to give up, she's like, you're not going to give up. You're not going to give up. And I remember even getting into the shower thinking, thank God that's over. And literally on the door, she's banging on the door. Don't you forget the calf raises, the calf raises. I'm in the shower doing calf raises. And I'm thinking, why am I even doing this? She was was training me. She was annoying me because she was being unreasonable. Sometimes we feel as if God can be a little bit like that. We want to give up. We want to give in. We want to get out. And Holy Spirit is just there going, hey, don't, don't you stop. Don't stop yet. You've got more in you. There's something that I want to do here. You may not see the finished product yet, but you will continue. Do not grow weary in doing good, for in due time you're going to reap a harvest. Sometimes we can feel like, Holy Spirit, why did you convict me with that? Holy Spirit, why did I walk out with hope when I wanted to give up? Like we almost get angry how unreasonable God can be in these circumstances and situations. Turns out I know where Sarah got her her unreasonableness from. My mom. Now, growing up, I was, this is, my life is a constant explanation to those around me. I was a, (laughs) this is going to, you guys are going to be like, what the heck? I was a homeschooled, underwater hockey playing, rollerblading. Christian with a lisp growing up. And so my whole life, I'm explaining to people that I'm actually quite normal. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but I'm actually normal. No, no, I swear I'm normal. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly normal anyway. And people would be like, what's, what's underwater hockey? And I have to explain that. What's Christian? Oh, well, this is what we do. Oh, what's, uh, what's um, roll, why do you rollerblade? I'm like, oh, I love it. And the, I have all these random passions. And um, I remember it's already bad enough being a homeschooled Christian rollerblading underwater hockey playing person with a lisp. And I remember mum one day, she, we were homeschooled, and she said, well, you're going to wear a uniform and you're going to walk to school every day. And I said, well, the walking to school is not a problem because I just have to walk just over there. It's not very far. And mom said, no, no, you're actually going to go out of the house and you're going to walk around the block to get to school every single day. And I'm like, why? She's like, well, you're just going to do it. And I remember 
literally with my with my siblings having to go out of the house. You thought your childhood upbringing was was brutal. This was me. I remember getting out of the house with my, with my siblings, and we are literally walking around the neighborhood in our homeschool uniforms, walking to school. And I would see my friends from the skate park, and I would see my mates, and they'd be like, Dan, what are you doing? And I'd be like, you know, um, just going to school. They'd be like, what? What are you doing? Um, oh, I'm walking to school. And they'd be like, you do school at home. And I remember having to explain to them the fact that mom made me get, you know, up in the, I know I was wearing a uniform. Why are you wearing, I don't know why. And we would always ask mom, why do we have to walk to school? Why do we have to walk to school? And mom would say, because I want you to get ready to intake the information that you're about to learn. I want you to do something physical in the moment that makes no sense so that when you sit down, your brain is ready to partake to the information that you're about to download into it. And I think sometimes God wants us to be a little bit like my mom walking to homeschool. I think sometimes he wants us to do the rounds. And it's like, it doesn't make sense, God. Why am I doing this? Why am I on this path? Why am I doing this thing? Why have you put this thing in front of me? Why am I walking? Why does it feel blind at the moment? Why doesn't it make sense at the moment? I feel like I'm just going around in circles, God. And sometimes God is saying, I'm just preparing your faith so that it's ready to bring in the miracle that I'm about to breathe. I'm just preparing. Will you walk by faith and not by sight? Will you walk when it doesn't make sense to walk any longer? Will you have faith when it doesn't make sense to have faith any longer? Will you choose to rely on the unreasonable Savior? Jesus was unreasonable, church. Jesus was unreasonable. There were so many things that Jesus did that did not seem reasonable. John 2.19, Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. We read that from the context of the cross, but they had no context for the cross. We know that when Jesus spoke about the temple, he, he spoke about re- raising, a, being rose in his physical body, being risen again. But the people at the time when they heard that, they, they, they would have thought, this thing took decades to build. You can't build the temple in three days. You can't destroy this thing and then rebuild it again in three days. This was a crazy, unreasonable statement from Jesus. Luke 9, 59 to 60, he said to another man, follow me. But the man said, Lord, let me first go and bury my mother and father. Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead. Pretty brutal. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, because this man is saying, hey, will you wait till my parents have passed away? I can gain the inheritance. I'll be set up for life once that happens. We don't know how, that doesn't necessarily mean that his parents have already passed away. It means that he's going to wait until they pass away so that he can be set up for what God wants him to do. And sometimes we feel like, God, I just need to wait for the perfect season, the perfect timing, the perfect, and God's saying, will you follow me anyway? Another unreasonable statement Jesus said. He said in Matthew 5, 38 to 40, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you, take your shirt, hand it over, hand over your coat as well unreasonable. Why would you allow yourself to get slapped on both cheeks? Why would you want to, if someone's suing you, why would you want to give them your coat as well? John 15, 18, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. Jesus, you are going to restore the kingdom of Israel. Why would the world hate us? We're going to save the world. The disciples were following a Jesus who was unreasonable. He was unreasonable in moments where he wanted to grow 
the disciples inwardly. And sometimes God will place us in an uncomfortable, inconvenient, unconventional, unorthodox situation so that His power can be revealed. Sometimes God will place us in a season where it doesn't make sense, where you don't have the answers, where you don't have the things that you need in order to do what you feel called to do so that His hand can be revealed in the unreasonable move of God. If you've ever felt like you're in an unreasonable situation, if you've ever felt like you're in an unreasonable circumstance, then join the club and let's learn from what Jesus teaches us in this scripture. Are you ready? There are four key elements to an unreasonable move of God. The first one is this, the interruption. It says in verse 13, can I just give you context for the scripture? Jesus feeding the 5,000 is a great, great passage. But beforehand, we see disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Uh, Jesus has gone to his hometown of Nazareth. They, he hasn't been able to perform many miracles in that town because of their lack of faith and lack of honor for who he was. And so he moves on from that town, only to find that his cousin, John the Baptist, has been beheaded and killed. So Jesus has gone from loss to loss with his disciples. And you could imagine the disciples in this moment starting to have some thoughts around, is this guy the guy that, is he really the person that he says he is? Can Jesus, is he really the savior of the world? Is he our teacher? Is he as powerful as he says he is? Is he as present as he says he is. All of these questions are going around the disciples' brain, and Jesus is in a place of mourning. And the scripture says, as soon as Jesus heard the news about John the Baptist, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone, but the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. This is the divine interruption for every unreasonable circumstance. There will always be divine interruptions in our life. Things are going great, things are going fantastic, and then boom, divine interruption. Something happens. Something unexpected comes, and we have to, we have to react, we have to be proactive in the way that we approach that thing. There will always be moments in our life where we have the interruptions. Proverbs 16.9 says, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Jesus and the disciples are going away to be alone. Parents, if you've ever tried to be alone for a little while, you'll understand. Kids at the door, mom and dad, whatever it is, they'll be waking up all different times of the hour, of the night, whatnot. Being alone is, a, is, is almost like a place where Jesus has gone to be alone to, I guess, work through this process of mourning that he's going through. He's going away to be alone, and yet the people followed them. And I love the fact that Jesus saw the crowd as he stepped from the boat, and, the, and he had compassion on them. You know, Jesus, when he sees you, he has compassion on you. When Jesus sees us together, when he sees the need, he has compassion to be the breakthrough that we've been praying for. He has compassion when he looks on humanity. He has compassion and he has power and he has the, the means to be the answer to the prayers that we've been praying for. But sometimes we face interruption. I remember walking out the building one day here and on the left-hand side, just as you walk out, there was a man sitting there. He was half asleep. He was coming down off drugs. It was two weeks before the first youth camp that I ever ran back in 2018, and I was, I was, I was busy. Like, I am, I am stressed. I am, like, got different things happening, and I walk out the doors. I, I actually got past him, and then I realized that he was sitting at the door, literally slumped over, half off his face, coming off ice, and I remember the feeling of going, don't look at it. 
Don't, don't just keep going. That moment where you, where you see it, but you choose not to see it. Every single one in, our, in this room have seen things and we've been like, oh, I choose not to see that right now. Why is this happening right now? How, what, what can we, I don't have the time for this right now. I don't have the patience for this right now. I don't have it in me right now. Each and every one of us have these moments constantly throughout our day where we see things and we go, why did I have to see that right now? Divine interruption. I remember I ended up having to, you know, the next couple of days speak with this man. I ended up putting him in my car and we drove around to all these different facilities trying to get him into a rehab facility. And God was able to do a lot in those few days and we were able to actually put him in a rehab facility, which was fantastic and a real move of God because they don't usually do that. And we saw God's hand over it, but I remember the feeling of being, my goodness, why now? Why here? Why, why when I'm so busy, when I have so much else to do, do, does something like this always happen? And the truth is, is that these moments happen every single day in our life where God has divine disruptions, but our job is to notice them. Disruptions are usually a, an invitation for God to move in our life. Usually God doesn't move in the routine of our life. He moves outside the routine of our life, which is hard for us who love routine because God usually breaks the routine and it's on the other side of the routine that he moves. And I want to encourage you for those who feel like you've been interrupted, you've been, you've, you're in a season and there's just been some interruptions that have been taking place that maybe, just maybe, God is in the interruption. And maybe our job is to actually say yes and amen to what God is doing and to have eyes to see what He is doing here, today, and now. The second key to, a, to an unreasonable move of God is the excuse. There is always the excuse. We are great at making excuses, aren't we? Yeah? Each and every one of We are fantastic at making excuses for ourselves. It says that evening the disciples came to him. Remember that the disciples are tired. They've been defeated. Jesus is mourning. It's not going to be a great morale at that stage. And yet the disciples came to Jesus and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves food. It's not a bad idea, is it? Like Jesus, it's actually not a bad idea. Like Jesus, we're tired. We've done everything. You've healed the sick. We were supposed to come here to be alone. Can you send them away to go get some food? Because we don't want them going hungry and we're also pretty tired ourselves. That's the, that's the idea that these disciples have. And Jesus in this moment addresses the excuse. But I want to just stop here and say, what is the excuse that you're giving God right now? as to why you can't see his hand move in your life. What is the interruption and then what's the excuse that you're currently giving him as to why you can't step into that season, why you can't see that miracle, why you can't see the unreasonable move of God? What is the thing that's been placed on your heart, that interruption and the excuse that you need to give to God today? See, the disciples are asking Jesus to send the success away. They're following Jesus to change the world and changing the world requires people and people, crowds and crowds, just thousands and thousands. They are asking Jesus in this moment, will you send the success away? And so many of us almost in these seasons say, God, would you send this success away from our life? Would you send that problem with our family away? Would you send the problems with our finances away? God, would you send the problems with the business that we're, that's 
booming, but would you send those problems away? And we almost get to the place where we make the excuse to God and say, God, it feels unreasonable. It feels like it's interrupt, something's interrupted the progress that we had. Would you send the problems away? But how often do we ask God to send the things that He has sent in our life to build our faith away? There are some things in our life that we're asking God to send away, but we need to actually ask God, would you give us faith to believe that you are working in these things? The third point is this. The, for, the third key to an unreasonable move of God is this, the impossible. So you have the, you have the interruption, the excuse, and the impossible. Verse 16 says, but Jesus said, that isn't necessary you feed them. Jesus is the most unreasonable leader in the moment of history right now. He has gone from making, going to a place where they're going to be chilling out, where they're going to be mourning, where they're going to get together and they're going to have a little bit of quiet time to healing all these people all day. The disciples come to him with a great, you know, with a great excuse, God, would you send them away? They're going to go hungry. And Jesus looks to them and says, you feed them. You know, Jesus often looks to us in those situations and he says, you feed feed them. He says, you be the answer to the prayers that you've been praying. You be the answer to the need that you see. You be the answer to the thing that you've been, that you've seen it clearly. You be the answer. And many people would look at that and they would, you know, these days they would have Jesus on social media. Jesus is the most unreasonable leader, unreasonable pastor around. He asked his disciples to do the impossible. But we are actually serving an unreasonable God because God is not found in the reason, church. He is actually found outside of it. God's miracle, God's hand, God's provision is not found in your natural circumstance. It's found outside of it. And sometimes it takes unreasonable questions from God in order for us to be a part of what He's doing. You know, Jesus could have easily just said, hey, here, here's the answer. Done. But he wants to include you and I on the journey. He wants to include us in this God-redeeming story of humanity. He wants to include us in the season that we're in. Did the disciples have faith for what Jesus had just asked? To feed 5,000 people, 10,000, 15,000 people in one moment with no resource? Absolutely not. But this was the impossibility that Jesus was going to work with. Jesus said, that isn't necessary, you feed them. And this is the excuse they say, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. There will always be a but when it comes to the move of God. There will always, but God, we don't have it. God, there's not enough. God, I'm not talented, gifted, financially resourced enough. But God is saying, what do you have in the season that you find yourself in? What's the gifting that you have in the season that you find yourself in? What's the faith that you have in the season that you find yourself in? What's the, what's the report you're declaring over the bad report in the season that, you're, that you find yourself in? What's the word that you have from God's word that you find yourself in? He can use that. He can use that. He can use the seemingly insignificant and turn it to be significant. He can take the shepherd boy out of the field and take him to be the king. He can take the things that the world would say is unwise and the world would say is good for nothing and turn them to be the things that he uses. You know, the story goes that they find the boy and he brings his whole lunch. And sometimes we say, God only needs a little bit. God only needs like a, a little bit of, you know, what, whatever you have. I don't get that from the story. The boy got, gave his whole lunch. That's 100%. 
That's like everything. The boy, the, boy, the, the boy who gave his lunch that day, he gave everything. And sometimes we think, well, we only need a little bit. Yeah, God can work with a little bit, but why not give him your all? Why not give him everything? Why not give him, the, even if it is a little bit, maybe you have a little bit of faith, give him all of it. Maybe you have a little bit of, uh, of gifting or talent, give him all of it. Maybe you have whatever it is, give him what only he can take and bless. God works his unreasonable moves in the impossible circumstances of your life. He works impossible and he makes things possible when we bring in what only he has. The boy gave his whole lunch. We've got to give our whole life, church. We can't give parts and portions, little bits here and there. God has called his church to be, to give our whole life to him. Our work life, give it all. Our financial life, give it all. Our family life, give it all. Give him what only he deserves. Give everything to him. I'm gonna have the band back up. The four key elements of an unreasonable move of God, number four, is the unexpected. You have so many things. The interruption, the excuse, the impossible. But then God does something unexpected says this, then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and he blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. Afterward, the disciples picked up the 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the family and children. The day just gets worse for the disciples. Jesus has already, they've seen the interruption. They've given Jesus the perfect excuse. Jesus then does the impossible. He asks them an impossible question. You feed them. Makes an impossible statement. And then Jesus allows them to be the people that break the things up and hand it out to the crowd so that everyone could be fed. Could you imagine that moment when Jesus blessed this food and you're handing it out and you think you're just about done for the day because there's only five loaves of bread and two fish and that's not really that much to hand out to a crowd of 5,000. And you're breaking up the bread and more 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 keep coming. It's almost like the miracle is happening but you're the one on the ground doing the work. It's almost like God is moving, but He expects His church to be a part of the breaking of the bread. It's almost like God is moving, but He expects His church not just to sit back and relax and sit on the ground, but as His disciples, we are the ones distributing the bread of life. We are the ones distributing the hope to humanity. We are the ones who God is calling from the unreasonable circumstances of our life. We are the ones who are doing the work. And God desires a church who won't just sit, but actually stand. God desires a church who aren't just saying, hey God, I'll sit down and you can feed me. Jesus is saying, no, 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 you're going to feed them. There's something on your life that can feed the people in your world. There's something in your story that your friends and your family need to know about that will feed them faith before they know faith. It's something on your, on your family story. They need to hear what God is doing around your world so that they can be encouraged. See, Jesus desires to include us on the journey. Is He unreasonable at times? Sure is. 
Does it feel unreasonable? Yes, it does. But there is growth and there is provision and there is a grace space for every time we find our place in an unreasonable move of God. Can I say this? Your family circumstance could be an unreasonable move of God. Your financial situation could be an unreasonable move of God. Your workplace could be, you could be in a place where you're in an unreasonable move of God. Jesus would say, you feed them. You be a part. Give Him what you have. Give Him 100% allow Him to bless your life so that you can be a, f- a part of leading the next generation. The cross was unreasonable. You see, Jesus did unreasonable things all the, all the time. He calls us to be unreasonable in our, in our devotion to Him, in our convictions towards Him. I love that song that we were just singing, Jesus is our Lord, our Lord. A lot of people have Him as their Savior, but not as their Lord. Jesus calls us to have an unreasonable devotion to His life, to what He is doing, church. See, when Jesus went to the cross, He was interrupted during prayer. His ministry was wildly interrupted in a moment where it was just about to explode. He was interrupted by, by Judas. And then there was the excuse He could have given to Pilate when he was standing before Pilate, he could have given the excuse, you know, uh, this isn't true and all these types of different things. He could have had every excuse under the sun to void himself of crucifixion and yet he allowed himself to suffer the impossible death via cross. But on the third day, something unexpected happened. The tomb was emptied. I believe that God wants to take people from where they are in the unreasonable situations and He wants to plant us into a space where He would be revealed. It's shown on the cross. It's shown in His life. The miracle that happened with the breaking, with the feeding of the 5,000, the cross, it all shows it, that God works in the unreasonable circumstances. Why don't we stand to our feet? I know everyone in this room today, but I do believe that God wants to move in some people's hearts. And this is what I'm going to do. With every head bowed, every eye closed. I was talking about unreasonable circumstances and maybe as I was saying that today, you feel as if you are in an unreasonable circumstance, but you don't know this Jesus that I talk about. Maybe you did know Him, but maybe life has just placed you in a spot where you no longer have relationship with Him. Can I suggest that this moment is for you? That in this moment where God is maybe speaking onto your heart, you'll know it's you because you'll be saying, that's not me, that's not me, that's not me. But you find yourself in a painful place. You find yourself in a place where you feel alone. You find yourself in a place where maybe you don't have anything else, but you have God. I want to introduce you to Him today and I want to include you in a prayer. Because I believe that there are people in this room and you find yourself in the unreasonable places of life, but God wants to call you home today. You may not know Him. This may be your first time in church. Can I say this? You belong here. Maybe your first time in a church for a long time. You still belong here and God wants to meet with you today in a real life-changing way. But I want you to do one thing for me this morning. While every head bowed and every eyes closed, If you don't know God, then today is the day that the Lord has made. It's time to make a decision. 
It's time to say, hey God, I choose to believe you. I choose to believe the story of your redemption for humanity. I choose to believe that I am covered by what you did upon that cross. I am forgiven. I am set free. I am made new. This is a brand new start today. But I need to know who you are. And so right now I'm just going to ask, would you just raise your hand across this place? I'll see it and you can put it back down, but I, I just want you to raise your hand to be included in this prayer. If you want to receive Jesus for the very first time, where are you today, friend? Can you just raise your hand towards heaven? If you're in this place this morning, I'll wait for you. Thank you. I see that hand at the back. That's one. Where's number two? I believe there's more people in this room today. Where are you? Come on, if it's you today and you want a brand new start, you're in an unreasonable situation, but you want to know the Savior that I've been talking about, would you raise your hand? Where are you today? If you're online, can you make yourself known to the moderator? Yes, I see that. Thank you. Somebody else today, if you would raise your hand. One more time, I'll wait for you. Where are you today? I believe there's somebody else in here. Maybe you wanted to raise your hand, but you didn't, you, didn't have the, you didn't have the courage to. But right now I want to ask in this moment, we're all going to celebrate with you. But if you did raise your hand, or if you didn't raise your hand, but you wanted to, I'm going to ask that right now you take a bold step and you come on down the front. You'll meet me down the front right here, right now. I want to I pray with you. And I know this moment is a little bit like, why am I doing this? But I believe that as you come down the front today, if you rose your hand, could you just come down the front? Everyone is going to clap. We're going to celebrate. But would you come down the front if you raise your hand? Come on, if somebody next to you rose their hand, would you bring them down the front with you? But this is just a moment that God wants. If you're online, would you make yourself known? Come on, church, let's celebrate. Come on, let's give God all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. If you wanted to raise your hand, come on down the front. Come on down the front. Come on down the front. Come on, come in. Hey, we're going to pray a prayer to get today because we believe right now is a brand new start. And the reason why we ask that you would come down the front is for this. The reason why is because we believe that when we take a step in the physical, there's something about just taking this step and saying, hey, this is a brand new day. And the reason I want you to walk forward is because you're walking forward into a brand new future. The reason why you come down the front is because you're walking into a new future. This is a brand new start right here, right now on this altar as you walk down the, down the front. We believe that God is going to meet you and this is the start of an exciting journey. And we're all here for you. So why don't you just close your eyes. The whole church is going to pray this. But if you would pray this after me, say, Dear Lord, today I say yes to you. I give you my past and I step into your future. I believe that you died and that you rose again. And today I give you my life. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Come on, church. I'm going to ask that you would follow Nedra out here. She's going to answer any questions. We want, to, we want to equip you for this journey. So if you would follow Nedra. Come on, church, let's give God all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory today. Before we leave, I wonder, we're about to go into worship in just a few short moments, but I just wonder if I could pray for people in this room. 
just even in this moment, if you would raise your hands towards heaven. I want to pray that God's provision, mercy, grace would be over your circumstance and situations that are affecting you right now, that are affecting your families right now. The unreasonable reports in Jesus' name, I pray that, Lord, your authority would rest upon those reports. That, Father God, that we are healed by the blood of the Lamb. That, Father God, for those who are walking through things, addictions, whatever it is, family members, Father God, we pray, Lord, for an unreasonable move of God in the circumstances and situations of your church. Lord, that you would receive all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise for the name of Jesus is above every other name. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You deserve it all. So Father God, I pray right now for faith and expectation to rise to you. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that who the Son sets free is free indeed. I pray, Lord, that we would be a church that say yes. When you say, God, feed them. When you say, Lord, be a part of the miracle, be a part of the answer. God, I pray that we would be a church that say yes, that, Lord, we would be a church that are obedient, that we would be a church, Lord, that sees you move in our generation, in our day, for such a time as this. God, would you do unreasonable things in our life? Would you provide the impossible? Would you, would you allow us to be a part of a miracle-working miracle, God, that you would do what only you can do, move how only you can move, and that, Father, you receive all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.